Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of HTO Football. I'm Andrew Timble, your host, alongside, obviously, Tom Whitford, my co-host. Tom, are you? You will? Very well, thank you. Very well. The, the nights are drawing in. It's getting darker. It's looking a bit more miserable. Luckily, we've got a, a very cheery guest uh, to brighten our evenings, but hopefully all, all the listeners' hearts as well. I was going to say, this is a much sought-after transfer target, isn't it, at HTO Football? <laughs> oh, very sought-after. We've been targeting this one for a while. We, uh, get, we, we can't help it. Again, a little bit of Arsenal bias, but we, we've, been, yeah, we've been targeting this one for a while. Yeah, we do love a transfer saga, don't we, at Arsenal? So we, we are joined by Arsenal Chief Photographer Stuart McFarlane. Stuart, you well? How's things? All good, thank you. Thanks for asking me. It's, uh, no, it's dark winter football weather so I'm just in my element at the moment yeah definitely um, it's obviously a pleasure to have you on the show we've been looking at you for your accounts for a while just in an admiration of your photography so it, if we can sort of take it all the way back really Stuart where where, where was the f- first memories with you behind the camera I mean I teach a, teach 10 year olds at my school and when I ask them about their career choices they don't tend to come up with photography um, where did it all begin for you Stuart well when uh, when I was very young, our next door neighbour was uh, worked for Kodak. He was a mm. technical guy, not a photographer, but he used to take portraits of all the families in the street and stuff like that. So I used to sit in his studio and watch him take pictures of my mum and my sister, but then sit in his darkroom and watch him sort of process film and print print pictures. So I suppose it probably came from that. But then there was a bit of a gap. You know, I went to school, not the brightest, and then came to your sort of A-levels and it's what do you do? And if you're, if you're a bit stupid, you do art, you do woodwork and you do photography. So those are the three subjects that I did. Mm. And then I just found I had, had a bit of a knack for it. And then uh, and, that, and that's sort of where it started, really. So was Stuart the, an Arsenal fan who fell into photography or the other way around? Well, believe it or not, my, my father's a Chelsea fan, quite a big Chelsea mm. fan. But in the in the street I grew up in, the, the my best friend and the sort of best footballer on the street was a guy called Jonathan Fawcett, who was a massive Arsenal fan. Every day I used to see him kicking a ball around in his Arsenal kit. So I sort of followed him around like some sort of little, uh, you know, I just looked up to him so much and used to sit in his sit in his bedroom listening to the old. They used to do the LPs of the Cup Finals, so we, I used to sit in his bedroom listening to them with him. So I was sort of a bit torn between the two, but. Going to Highbury and then going to Chelsea at that time in the seventies was a was a massive contrast mm. with a lot of don't want to sort of get political, but with all the sort of national front and the racism in football at the time, nothing was there was nothing like that at Arsenal, but at Chelsea it was quite prominent and uh, obviously it's all it disappeared now. But I felt that Arsenal was where I sort of belonged really, and not you know not not what Chelsea was about. You say you live in this before we're on air. You live in a stone's throw away from Highbury Stadium. It is what was the first photograph of Highbury that you took, Stuart? Was it was it as a fan as a kid growing up or not really? I didn't really. I don't think my mum let me out of the house with my camera. She thought I was going to leave it somewhere or lose it. Or uh, first pictures probably when I first started as a as a photographer, really, because back in the early days of going to to football, you know, you wouldn't 
people didn't really carry cameras around in the sort of early 80s or whatever. You were sort of looked at as being a bit of a geek, I think. So really, my first picture was probably as I came in as a photographer in, I worked for an agency in the late 80s. Uh, first game I did was Arsenal, Aston Villa, I think 1988. That was probably the first picture I took. But obviously got a lot of memories of the stadium and uh, and what it looked like. But, you know, looking back now, I wish I'd, you know, now that fantastic place is more or less gone, I wish I'd you know, made more of an effort. But, uh, you know, when you're, when you're young, you don't really think into the future, do you? Mm. No, well, well, at least you were <clears throat> hired to do what you were hired to do by the agency and therefore then the club. We had uh, Gary and Colin Lewin on. Gary said he was the, you know, the second-hand goalkeeper and a jack-of-all-trades, and he eventually fell into physiotherapy, and now they try and pretend they're experts, which is outrageous, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> it's least you. Um, but then f- when did the full-time move to the club? So you're working for an agency, and, and how did the full-time um, job come up at Arsenal? Well, worked, well, it was a bit of a... In, in, after Arsenal won the league in 89... Did they? Uh, no, <laughs> they won it. Up, they won it up north somewhere. But yeah, something the, like that. Up, it's a film about the, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. After we won the league, they they were looking for new photographers, a new agency to cover some games for them. So they came to the company I was working for. So in 1990, late 89, 90, we started shooting games for them, and then. So more or less working on and off. It, it sort of felt like full-time anyway, because I was covering maybe 20 games a season. But then in 2000, January 2001, when there were the plans were to move to a new stadium, they wanted someone in full-time to document the sort of construction and stuff like that. Of the new, you know, basically record it and own the copyright to all the images. So they approached me because I've been in, in around the club for a long time. And uh, luckily I didn't have a job interview and, I think I started on the 1st of February 2001 as a, as full-time. But I remember my first full-time day, I went to London Colney and uh, my boss at the time introduced me to Arsene Wenger and he just said, well, no, Stuart's been full-time for a long time. So he didn't even know I wasn't, he presumed I was full-time because I'd been knocking about the training ground for ever since he joined anyway. Yeah. That is that. that- that induction, if it was in 2020, Stuart, that, that would be some social media drop, wouldn't it, of a new photographer? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder then sort of how those, yeah, sort of how those sort of uh, photo arrivals of, of new signings and clearly Arsene himself in 1996 would have gone with it in a social media world, as, as it were. Um, but, you know, just you were full time previous to that, just without all the benefits and a proper contract, Arsene. I presume that was your answer. <laughs> just sort of like, you know. Well, job security. And, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, and then, my first day at Arsenal, I wore a suit and sat in an office. I hadn't worn a suit since I got my first Holy Communion, I think, something like that. So, <laughs> but I remember my first day. I had my packed lunch in my suit. I sat out on the East Upper, uh, had my packed lunch, looked out onto the pitch. Nice sunny day, and watched the groundsman cut the pitch. And I thought, wow. You know what? I've made it. This is all I ever wanted, just to sit there listening to it. It was so peaceful in that stadium. It's a, it's a all huge... you hear is the hum of the lawnmowers. You know, it's yeah. just a, a moment I'll probably never forget. Obviously, we'll a, a huge football club when you when you sort of come full time, Stuart. Was there was there pressure with that with that new start in your life, or was it sort of business as usual as a, the talent that you have? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if there was pressure because I was the first one who was full time. So I mm. could sort of more or less mould 
what I was going to do. My intentions were to build a historical library that maybe in sort of 50, 60 years time that people would look back at and they, and they would say, wow, look at that picture. That's, mm. That was captured mm. superbly by you know, that this photographer, who is it? And then they'd look in and they say, oh, it's Stuart McFarlane. So really it was, a, it was a sort of, my idea was to build up a historical library that is timeless. And then people would look back and, and I would be associated with Arsenal long before, you know, my pictures would be long after I've gone. So that was the intention. The only pressure I put, I was under was really pressure I put myself under, I think really. Mm. What does a, and you know, we, we joked about it earlier around sort of a new deadline day signings or, you know, photo shoots for new players or, or big launches and that kind of thing. What I'd be really interested to do, what was that? What does a BAU day look like? What does a, a day to day uh, life of a club photographer look like, you know, whether it's midweek or, you know, even a match day, but just when it, you know, it's not one of those special launch occasions. It's actually getting up and doing the day job. You know, how, how many photos will you take? Will that kind of be of, a, is it literally a training brief or, or do you like to capture something a bit behind the scenes? It's really, uh, it's so varied. I remember a friend of mine who's a photographer at, at Getty Images said to me years ago, oh my God, your job's so boring. All you do is photograph football. And I said, well, I don't only photograph football. I photograph coaches in our local community. I, I photograph, you know, got commercial briefs. I... I'm very lucky with the access I have to the players, but also I go, you know, we, we do a lot of stuff in the community, which is very rewarding. And you get mm. to meet a lot of people from different aspects of society, you know, and I've met, I've met, I've met people that I'd never have met socially that I, that I call great friends of mine through our community initiatives. So I think, you know, the job is very varied okay, you've got the structure of 38 Premier League games a season and every single game is different. Every single game is challenging. Uh, the, the non-match days are the ones that you can't really predict. You know, we have, you know, could be stuck in the office for five days a week and it's boring filing pictures and doing admin and stuff like that. It's like, it's like any other office job, but the best times are when you're out and you're taking pictures. Mm. And really, I'll probably take pictures probably four days a week. Not, I'm not out every day. Mm. So when, when you're at a game, Stuart, and you've got you know that, that last minute equaliser or a winner, how is it, how hard is it to detach yourself? Because you 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 bleed red and white, right? So as a fan, first, how how, how hard is that to to kind of hold back and still do that exact precise precise job that you need? It is it is tough. I remember when we played Spurs in the FA Cup semi final. At Wembley, Tony Adams scored the goal. I was at the other mm. end. There was two of us there. And when he scored, I jumped, fell back off my seat and I was celebrating on the ground. You know, all the other photographers were looking around and thinking, <laughs> what is this dickhead doing? You know, <laughs> and, then, and then I sort of soon learned that, you know, the most important thing is for me is to get the picture. And then it, in a way, it's a bit weird now because you sort of celebrate in your head a little bit. Mm. But you don't show emotion. And, and it's... It, it's quite easy for me to to work that way. The hardest thing for me now would be to come to a game without a camera and be a fan. Mm. I went away a few years ago to the Dallas Cup with the under twenty under twenty ones team and watched Arsenal Tottenham in a bar with Neil Banfield and Steve Bold. And I had to I had to leave, go to my room at halftime. I just thought they were going to throw me out of the hotel. You know, it just. 
you know, it just get it's too much for me. If I've got something to concentrate on, taking pictures, I'm fine. But I, I, I feel so sorry for the. I couldn't be a fan in the stadium. I'd need to have a camera just because I would. I'd get barred. I'd get thrown out of every stadium <laughs> in the country. Do you ever like? Do you ever slam your laptop down straight after the final whistle after a defeat? Or no, I just think get back to the office and have a beer. Just try and soften the blow. <laughs> yeah. There's obviously been some like incredibly iconic photographs over the years. I mean, one that sticks out in my mind is that training ground shot of of the five from the Invincibles. It looks like a boy band front cover, doesn't it? Um, how did that all come about? Talking, you know, the Freddie, Sol Campbell, Pires, Burkamp and Omri one. It's just a it's just a training picture, you know. Yeah. It, and and really, those are people always say to me, "What's your favourite picture you've ever taken?" And you try and think of all those sort of big moments and stuff, you know, the silver moves or scores a winning goal and, you know, all those sort of big moments. But it's, for me, it's those ones that you take that you don't think of, have got any real yeah. meaning at the time. Mm. Cause it's just, it's a training session. That's it. But when you look back at them, you think, wow, look at those, look at them. Mm. It's, it's just a, it's nothing special at the time. Yeah. And it's so good. Cause it's so surprising when you see a reaction from people on social media now and they, when they, when they look at it and say, wow, look at, you know, look at those players. But I didn't, I just saw them as, you know, footballers and people I felt was lucky, to, lucky enough to photograph. I didn't stage it. I didn't set it up. You know, it was there. I'm just capturing what's there at that time. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's in photographic folklore, that one, isn't it? That snap. Yeah. But I, I think you make a good point because also other moments such as like, you know, Fine cup finals, whether that be FA Cup, Champions League, it doesn't really matter. You also know the the world's press is there. You've got thousands of photographers there. Whereas actually some of those candid moments on the training pitch, no one else is capturing that. And that sort of everyday moment, um, you know, in, in a way when you probably look back at it, is, is far more powerful in your portfolio because no one else could have saw, seen that. You know, that was you capturing that at that moment. And I think that's what really resonates with fans as well, though. It's not, it's, you know, that's not my skill as a, as a photographer. That's just the position that I'm in. You know, that's, I'm lucky enough to have that position. You know, there, there are some great pictures take, taken by some much better photographers than me at cup finals. And I, and I think the challenge for myself and, and David Price, who, you know, we work together is to try and, to try and equal or better that if we can to compete with the other photographers but the training ground stuff is quite loose if you miss a goal in training it doesn't mean anything if you miss a goal mm -hmm. in the cup final then Arsenal doesn't have a picture of Aaron Ramsey's goal in the 2015 FA Cup final mm -hmm. so there's no pressure at training but the pressure is really uh sorry 2014 yeah the pressure really is uh is the match days really mm. yeah we're talking about the Invincibles a minute ago I mean Tom's got a uh, counter-attack challenge for you, Stuart. We're going to put you under a little bit of pressure um, with this. Yeah, we, we thought, given, as you said, um, privileged position, well, I think you're being very self-deprecating with the, the lack of skill. I'm not sure about that. Um, but uh, given your privileged position, I imagine you know some of these players very well. And what we sometimes like to do is, is ask our guests to give us one or two words which maybe describes your recollect recollection of those players at that time. So we're going to run through the um, Invincible eleven, if you don't mind, and just give us one or two words that capture um, sort of your thoughts on those individuals, thinking maybe from your from your um, sort of viewpoint behind behind the camera, as it were. Uh, so obviously, in goal, Jens Lehmann. Mad. <laughs> um, Ashley Cole. Oh, lovely, lovely Ash. And... Uh, you know, and he still loves Arsenal. And that's what Arsenal fans should realise. Yeah. 
if, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can talk about Ashcole today. I, I love Ashcole. I mean, never, <laughs> never would have I been more heartbroken when a player left, and I still haven't. But um, Sol Campbell. So, uh, yeah, so interesting. Good to work <laughs> with. Probably, probably the, the most unbelievable signing that will never, ever happen again. But I was so happy to be there on the day. When he walked out of Arsene Wenger's office, Richard Wright, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. When he walked, I was standing outside the office. When he walked out, I just started laughing, and he looked at me. Never met me before, and said, "Who are you, and why are you laughing?" <laughs> and I was like, "Sol Campbell signing for Arsenal." So, yeah, Sol was just uh, unique. I think Sol, Colo, Colo, one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in my life. Taught him how. To, I taught him how to play pool in his house in uh, Enfield. <laughs> uh, Lauren Lauren hard as hard as nails uh, just great guy it's just mm. but you would not you would not mess with him yeah you want him in the trenches wouldn't you yeah absolutely 100% Freddie Freddie well what can you say about Freddie trendiest man <laughs> ever great to deal with never honestly never thought Freddie would go into coaching but so glad he did because a lot of players leave and you never see him again. Nice. So it was uh, great to have Freddie back as a coach. Walking around in his Calvins. Um, Patrick Vieira. Patrick, in my, oh, just a god. Just, I think he dragged that Invincibles team after they'd won. After they won the league, I felt from what people had told me that he dragged the team through to being unbeaten with his the way that he behaved. If you messed about with him, he would he would nail you, whether you were a player or you were a member of staff. Mm. Yeah, we do debates for other days, but people always talk about the greatest Arsenal player of all time, and people talk about Burkamp and Henry rightly. But I do still think that Patrick Vieira for that decade was our most important player. Um, uh, Gilberto Silva. Gilberto, I mean, what do they call him? The invisible, the invisible wall. Gilberto was a fantastic player. And I think only he was out with a back injury. I think was it the year after he was out with a back injury, mm. and then I think missed him badly. Realised, I think people realised how good he was because I don't mm. think he got the credit of the fans that it, that 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 he should have got. But and also just uh, just a, such a I'll still keep in touch with him. Such a great guy as well. Bobby Bobby Perez. What can you say? He's the most beautiful man that lived, can't you? Is that, <laughs> that's about it, isn't it? And also, do you know, I, I watched a bit of Invincible stuff today. He was right place at the right time. Every time the ball ricocheted in the box, Robert was there, wasn't he? Just, sort of, yeah. you know, cool as a cucumber, wasn't he? Apart from that penalty with Thierry. Yeah, I could talk for, <laughs> hour, I could talk for hours about Bobby. Faultless. Dennis, what do you say? Dennis, well, what do you say? God, best player mm. that ever played for Arsenal, sorry. But you know, for me, probably, probably changed the football club. But, mm. but also probably the only player that I'm, and he knows it as well, that I'm still nervous around if I ever see him. Mm. There's no other player that I'm nervous around apart from him. And he knows it. You know, when we did his statue and he came back for it, you know, he, he was laughing at me because he knew how nervous I was. <laughs> it was. My picture, the statue was based on, and he knew how he could just see what I was like. And he was just taking the mickey out of me. <laughs> He's hugged me once. So I remember all the years I've worked with him, and I always wanted to sort of hug Dennis because I loved him so much. And then that last, was it a Dennis Bergkamp game at 
at Highbury when he, I think, against West Brom. I think West Brom, yeah, and he scored the curler, didn't he? Yeah, and then he and he came off the pitch and he hugged me. I thought I've made it, Dennis Lights. <laughs> <laughs> and you've not washed since. Um, to yeah, round us off, Thierry Henry. Well, Thierry's just like uh, incredible, just the most incredible, powerful footballer and unplayable at his time. I can't believe he didn't win Ballon d'Or. No. At that time, you know, he was just amazing. And what was great about Thierry, he still absolutely loves the club. And when he was away in America, he would phone me on a regular basis to talk about the team and stuff like that. And it was such a shock, you know, I'm just, you know, sitting in a pub with my girlfriend and it's my phone rings. Hi, Stuart, it's TT. And then we have a half an hour chat about Arsenal and she'd be sitting there. <laughs> my God, just get off the phone. It's only Thierry Henry. But, uh, <laughs> You know, second best player who ever played for Arsenal. Ooh, it's, also, it's a great debate. That's a great debate. It's a, <laughs> gone, it's he's a, gone for it, Tom. He's gone for it. It's a great debate. It's a great debate. But I, I, I always think, and um, one thing Andrew and I always talk about is there's lots of debates around best and greatest, and for me they can be two different things. And I and I definitely have the debate all day about the greatest player for Arsenal being Dennis Bergkamp because I'd agree with you in the way he changed the club. Uh, and and you know that you just the, the step into the I know it wasn't quite the 21st century clearly coming in 1995 but getting a European player of that stature and that quality but for me Thierry Henry is still the best for the reason that you said that when when he was at his very best he was unplayable when he was the best player in the world I'm not sure in certainly in my lifetime we've ever had apart from Thierry Henry the genuine best player in the world so I think when Dennis was at his best in like 97 98 um you know Zidane was around when Henri was at his best in 2003, 2004, 2005, he was the best player in the world. Um, but you know, that is a debate for another day. So, so, so I won't. <laughs> Maybe next year we get Stuart back on. I'll be the referee for that one. <laughs> or, or, or Stuart, obviously now you're such friends with HTO Pod, you'll just get Thierry and, and Dennis on the pod and they yeah. can just talk about it themselves. Um, well, we did want to ask... Um, about how it's evolved and we, we, we made jokes around it around the uh, our lack of ability to take phone uh, photos with iPhones or or Android there's other phones out there for people um, but everyone can be a photographer now can't they and actually um, do you think in how have you seen that as a profession therefore evolve now that do you embrace that or actually do you just see that well actually every Tom, Dick and Harry can just take a photo and put it on Instagram now no I th- when i first wanted to be a photographer I had a careers meeting at school and they brought in a local brought in a local uh like portrait photographer who just laughed at me in front of my parents and said photography's dead uh and this was 35 years ago mm. and really there was a point where photography was sort of dying a little bit but the so, social media coming around and Instagram and Twitter and that is actually probably resurrected a lot of people's careers and I, I love the fact that people use Instagram and everyone thinks they're a photographer because it shows that people are actually looking and trying to take pictures I don't you know and honestly I take some of my I take some I use my iPhone quite a bit to take pictures and I, I think it's actually made people appreciate mm. a photograph now mm. whereas maybe 15 years ago the only people who took pictures are people who had you know, mini cameras or their professional yeah. photographers. Yeah, and, or, and video, then videos exploded, didn't they, sort of thing, whereas it's sort of, I just feel like with photos as well, I was wanted to ask you this, Stuart, is that it's such an emotive end product. It, it just evokes so much nostalgia. It, there must be sort of a real privilege in what you do. Do you feel proud, to, the, the pride you feel when 
people respond so positively to your photos online? Yeah, I look, I'm quite good at what I do, but I'm not stupid enough to think that I've got a lot of social media followers. I wouldn't have them on the strength of my pictures if I didn't work for Arsenal. So Arsenal is has made me what I am. I'm so lucky going back to the early days that Arsene Wenger allowed me so much access at the training grounds. And, and I'm very proud to look at some of the pictures I've taken, as you said, the one with the five players earlier. But to have that access is not, not every club photographer gets that. And I think my, I think what I'm good at is my relationships with people, my relationship with Arsene and the trust that he gave me, gave me opportunity to be in, an, in areas where other people wouldn't be allowed. Mm. Uh, other club photographers can't do that. So I'd say my probably best ability was to, to get on with people. My, and my second one was to take a picture. Mm. And, and it's about being allowed into those, you know, into those sort of private areas and stuff yeah. like that, where you can capture that stuff. You don't have to be a technically brilliant photographer. You, I think you just have to be there. And as, as time goes on, if you look back at pictures from 50, 60, 70 years ago, technically they might not be the best pictures, but they are the moments in time. And, that, and that's mm-hmm. what I try to try to cover. Yeah, is there, has there ever? I wonder if there ever been a morning at London Coney where you've rocked up and it's been like a day after a really bad, heavy defeat or a critical moment in the season, and you've got the camera out and you're thinking, "Oh, this could be a bit tricky today." Yeah, I've done. Yeah, but do you know what? What's good now because I've I've been around for a long time. That you know, when I started, I was a new kid on the block, but now it's like, oh, it's that geezer who's been here for thirty years. You know, so <laughs> I'm generally treated with. A lot of respect, which most people are at the training ground anyway. But I think I know when to point the camera and when not to. Mm. So, mm. and and I don't have to get reminded about that. You know, I, I did. We did. Uh, we did a squad. We did a squad photo in the partner's suits the day after we got knocked out of the Champions League, and that was tricky. You know, I was just walking out to the pitch with Arsene Wenger, and I thought, my God, this is uh, mm. this is going to be tricky. But he was so good, and you know, the, the the guys are professional. They know the score. They know what I'm there for. I'm not going to stitch them up. Uh, everything I do, lots of stuff for the players, and so, you know, that's positive. You know, I, I'd never post a picture of a fight in training or anything like that. I mean, they they you know they know how much I love the club and how much I you know I look after their interests. Mm. So what's it like shooting the modern day Arsenal? Well, obviously, Mikel Arteta has been there for just coming up to a year now. Um, he talks a lot about energy in his press conferences. What's the what's the vibe around the place as a photographer? Yeah. Look, I mean, obviously, we had a bit of a hiccup on against Leicester, but you know, if you look, if you if you look at it, you think, well, you know, should have been a goal up, could have could have been two or three up. You know, I'm very positive about Mikel. He's a great guy. So I knew him when he was a player, and he was destined to be a a fantastic manager mm. you know it's a, it's a you know it's early days but it's uh it's it's a little bit different but for me to what to photograph and to watch the training sessions you know I'm literally you know I've been I've been a football fan all my life but when I watch the, the sort of detail that he puts in it blows me away I just and so much of it is sort of common sense and I think my god I never thought about that you know it's interesting you mentioned earlier about Freddie. Sort of, you didn't see that kind of leadership in him, and whereas Mikel, it was obviously there from day one. You met him, right? Yeah, I think I think Freddie because Freddie at the time, mm. I think we all remember he was a player, don't we? Mm. And I think if you speak 
speaking to any of his teammates, not one of them would think he'd ever be a coach. Hmm. That was just Freddie's personality. You know, he, he did all his fashion stuff. And But I think the moment the moment Mikel came in, I remember we were away on pre-season, pre-season tour in Malaysia, I think it was, and Steve Bold said to me, he will be a fantastic manager one day. And I was like, what, what, you know, what do you, he said, look, he's attention to detail. He's interested in absolutely everything. And you look at Mikel now, I mean, he is, look, he's a great guy, but he's so, everything is, he looks at absolutely everything. The attention to detail is incredible with him. Mm. And uh, I just, I just think it's great to have someone like that. And also for me as well, he knows me. So, mm. You know, he might cut me a bit of slack if I make a mistake or whatever, but he accepts me. I don't, it's not like a new, you know, when Unai came in, I had to mm. introduce myself to him and sort of get his confidence and and with his staff. But with Mikel, straight away on the first day, it's, you know, he walked in on his first day, gave me a massive hug. Great to be back, you know. So it was, you know, it's an easy transition for me. Yeah, seamless. And with that, and with that, your hug from Dennis was forgotten. You see, you know, not really. No, no, no. My, hug from, my hug from Dennis is uh, is because he's got a way to go to, to, to get a hug of that level of, <laughs> of impact. What's next? For, what's next for you, Stuart? Is that what, what are the plans? What for this week or for <laughs> tonight, wherever? Yeah, uh, go the... home and bath a baby. Yeah. How, what, what do you mean? How, how long do you see yourself ahead, doing really? this? Is this is this is this is this you for as many years as they'll have you? Uh, look, this is my club. This is I love this club. I always have, you know. And I hate that sort of term, dream job. But you know, I've done my stint working for an agency, traveling around the world, covering different sports. You know, this is what I love. I love football. I love Arsenal. You know, it's, you know, I live in the community. I love the community. So, I you know, I'd like to think I'd be here for a, for a while. You know, I still, I still want to photograph a perfect football match. Every time I finish a game, I look at my pictures and I'll think, well, I should have got this, should have got that. So, you know, until I could, you know, if one day I have a game that I get everything and everything's perfect, I might think about retiring. But I don't think that will ever happen be nice to photograph another European Cup final for Arsenal as well, wouldn't it? One yeah, day. and, you know, I would love to, you know, the Invincibles and winning the league, I would love to to do that again because at the time it was, it just seemed as though it was a natural thing season by season. But now, you know, I'd love, to, I'd love that for the staff. I'd love that for the players just to, be able to record that as well with all our modern equipment and cameras and the quality mm. that we got that would be my sort of ambition if you know win you know win the premier league again would be probably the main thing yeah it's, it's, see happen again i think that that for me is uh, you, you you're right you, you we got almost got used to it for that period of success not winning the league i mean because we only won it three times in that period but you know that a sustained challenging success um and yeah now it's been such a long time i think it would be it would be so special for everyone in the club um yeah Absolutely. Three times more than Spurs. Absolutely. We'll end it there. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Stuart, that's been fantastic. Yeah, an absolute pleasure. And you mentioned one thing I just wanted to, wanted to reflect on during the call about saying that, you know, you want to take photos that will be last, you know, long after you've gone um, and you really do. And I think for lots of Arsenal fans and football fans around, they're very special photos and then they make and they bring us just for us mere fans a lot closer to the club. So really do appreciate it. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Thank you very much for joining us. Take care, Stuart. Thank you. Bye. Bye.